with them. You have to be protective of your own energy. So when you get around people, just take note of how they make you feel. Do they drain your energy? Are they vampire? Or do they make you feel energized? Keep that in mind and spend your time accordingly. You have to protect your vibe when it comes to your tribe. It's not a complicated process. Just gauge how you feel after spending time with each person in your life. Promote, demote, and fire accordingly. You are tuning in to For Better Self and Net Worth Podcast. This is a podcast where I encourage you to live the life of your dreams by adopting the right mindset, navigating through tough challenges, and respecting your bank account. I interview entrepreneurs and empire builders from across the globe as they share how they have come to live the lives of their dreams and the challenges they had to break through. I also have a few solo episodes where I talk about the lessons learned and navigating in a world full of naysayers, negative mindsets, and money grabbers. I personally believe that attitude is everything, and with the right attitude, you can get the life that you dream of. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. If you're listening, make sure you have hit the subscribe button, and on Apple, give me some love by leaving a review. Most of all, I hope every episode you hear on here leaves you inspired and on fire to live your best life without breaking the bank. Hello, hello, and thank you for listening to the first episode of For Better Self and Net Worth in the year 2023. I hope you all had an amazing past few weeks. If you had the week off like I did, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed the past few weeks of doing next to nothing. I had about one week and a half off from work where I just fully indulged by adhering to the out of office message, watched a little TV, did a little shopping, read a few books, but I really let myself just do what I wanted to do. And that included organizing content for this podcast, and decluttering. This time was my own and no one else's. The week before Christmas and New Year's, it's eerily quiet in Nashville. And after I go to see my family for the holidays, I love to just have a week to myself where, you know, I'll take time to clean, organize, declutter, and just work on a few other projects. But I really have no responsibility. I'm just doing what I want to do. It's very much a self-disciplined act. And I'm also sleeping in longer, taking longer showers, and just looking after Bay, the Bay being myself. I've given myself permission to rest, which is a really good transition for me. It's a huge deal. I came straight from working full-time, traveling, attending school at night, recording the podcast, then going to a lot of holiday gatherings, catching up with friends I hadn't seen in a while, some friends I hadn't seen since the year 2019. I had family members I haven't seen since the year 2019. So I just had a packed schedule seemingly from July forward, and I really owed it to myself to do nothing but to rest and as someone who used to put a lot of value into productivity and what I was doing and what I achieved, I feel like I'm sobering myself up and allowing myself to rest and in return, allow me to have just a more quality mindset and being able to give more energy to the things that I want to give energy to. So I was running errands this weekend and on my errands and in my car, I'm currently listening to Tommy Breedlove's book. Tommy Breedlove was a guest on the show back in I want to say October, but he has a book called Legendary, and I've been wanting to read it for a while, so I finally got to read it. And you know how sometimes you have shower thoughts, you have thoughts while you're in the shower, and 
then you think you forget the shower thought or you don't get to implement it later. I was having car thoughts. Well, I was behind the wheel. It wasn't safe for me to stop the car immediately. But what was crazy was seconds after having certain thoughts, Tommy Breedlove would talk about certain subjects in this book that were on my mind to talk about for this show. So I just saw it as a sign for this to be a topic of this week's show. And the topic of the episode is the benefits of decluttering and why I have become such a fan of decluttering. If you're a frequent listener, you already know I love the pursuit of a minimalistic mindset and a minimalistic life. I don't like having things that I don't use. When it comes to Christmas gifts, I always ask for things that are practical that I'm always going to use. It's just a great way for me to make more room for amazing things in my life that I do want when I clean out my closet. Usually it's within a matter of days that I have clothes that I'm going to wear, clothes that I really wanted. Or when this year I actually asked for gifts that were pertaining to cooking because I love to cook. I got a pasta maker. I got some appliances to use. I got a rice cooker, a couple other things that I got that you know, contribute to my love for baking. But before that, there were some old pots and pans that I used that had some, um, what, like maybe some debris on them from cooking in the past that I, or just stuff that I don't really use. So of course I packed up boxes and boxes of stuff, gave it to Goodwill, canned foods that have been in my pantry for over six months that if I didn't eat it for six months, I wasn't going to eat it then. So I gave it to a blessing box so that can feed somebody that really needs it. And aside from decluttering the things that are in my house, I like to declutter, delete old text messages, emails, and anything that takes up space on my computer or my phone, things that I just don't want to look at that it doesn't benefit me to see anymore. And it's really funny because I used to have a collection and a hoarding mindset. I used to collect a lot of things. I used to love to buy things and store it. I had clothes that I never wore, shoes I never wore. I had makeup that I would keep long past the expiration date. And it just something about having stuff gave me comfort, but it's not stuff anymore. It's my mindset that I really had to work on. And when you are big on the minimalistic mindset, when you have a minimalist lifestyle, you really appreciate the things that you have and you get a lot of use out of things you had. And in turn, you save a lot of money. So this leads me to think, If I can get a better quality of life just for eliminating the stuff in my house, what about some of the stuff that's in my mind? What do I need to let go of in my mind that no longer serves me? Admittedly, you know, like anybody else, I'm a human being. I still carry some grudges from people who have hurt me in the past. And it's not necessarily that I still carry the grudge. It's that I'll never forget. I forgive him, but I don't forget. But I really have to do when I catch myself you know, dwelling back on some of the people that have hurt me in the past, I have to remember it doesn't spark joy. It doesn't. So I really have to work through that and realize I forgave it. And that's the past that I've moved on from it. And I also realized that it teaches me lessons. Trusting the wrong people have taught me lessons and self-respect and valuing my time and valuing who gets my attention, who gets my company. What happens when I spend a lot of time by myself Sometimes things in the past will creep up in my mind, 
That's why it's not good to lock yourself in your house for over a week. Uh, just FYI, I plan to do it. I plan to spend a lot of time by myself, but sometimes it's not good because there are certain wounds that would come up in the past that really wouldn't come up other than that. So what I realized is by letting go of grudges and by letting go of negative memories from the past is when I cut that, I make room for more life-giving connections in my life. So when I think about things that happened in my past, I also realize that this is the ego's way of protecting myself from getting hurt again, but it's also teaching me to set boundaries when necessary. I even do some cord cutting visuals and meditations, even some prayers for forgiveness. That's always helpful. It's something that you just continue to practice. That's why they say practice forgiveness, not completely master forgiveness. You just have to keep practicing it. The grudges sometimes can be a lesson, a reminder of, yeah, it's taking up space in your mind and it's a heavy thing to carry, but maybe the grudges are the, not necessarily grudges, but the negative memories of how you're once treated can help you identify in the future who you want to devote your time to and who you don't want to devote your time to. So when people make resolutions for the new year, I see a lot with this and then the Gabby Bernstein challenge that I'm doing. I see a lot of people are wanting resolutions around cultivating healthy relationships. And what I thought is when you want relationships that are helping you grow, when you have a true tribe, when you feel fully seen, people that you can really be yourself around and be loved and respected by, you have to, have to, have to identify relationships that no longer serve you and in a sense declutter that. Um, Years ago, I had friends that I had a lot of fun with and they did seem to care about me to a certain degree. But when I decided that I no longer really, it's not that I don't go out and party. It's not that I don't drink. It's not that I don't like to go out and have fun. It's just not the main point in my life. There's a lot of other things I want to work on, such as this podcast. I do a lot of lifelong learning. Sometimes I just need to spend time by myself reading a book and just drinking a glass of wine to myself. I like to be with my thoughts. And when I, you know, made the declaration that I was going to cut back drastically on drinking, I watched a lot of people fall out of my life. And what I look back on and realize is these weren't really friends. These were people that just wanted to have a good time with me. And even some of them were toxic. And for a while, it cost me my inner peace. I was like, okay, they just saw me as a drinking buddy. But now what I realize is when you're in a growth mindset and when you're constantly evolving and becoming the kind of person that you want to be, you're going to watch other people that maybe don't belong in your circle fall away. So in a way, when you are evolving in life, you're naturally going to declutter toxic people. And another form of toxic personalities can be people that are judgmental, people that gossip to you about other people. Some people will even make disrespectful comments to you and they'll write it off as a joke. It's like, no, I'm just joking or I'm just messing with you. But you have to be really mindful of that because disrespect is disrespect no matter how you put it. If they're really into, they have the audacity to make a jab at you, make fun of you because, you know, of the outfit that you're wearing or, you know, call you a hooker or just something stupid, then, or just, you know, question you or, correct you. If they have the audacity to do that, they really, 
it's not necessarily that they don't respect you. They don't respect themselves. And if they don't respect themselves, they're not going to treat you the way you want to be treated. So you have to be mindful of that. And you have to be with people that treat you the way you want to be treated. You treat people the way they want to be treated, and you treat people the way you want to be treated. Just a couple years ago, and this is just an example of, you know, me really growing past certain friendships that I had. This was actually an ex-boyfriend who had called me because he had needed a favor. He needed me to help him hire someone for the company that he worked at. It was like his job was on the line. He really needed help and he needed me to find somebody to work for him. And I was like, I, you know what? I just don't know anybody that really wants that sort of job. I just can't think of anybody. He's like, well, I know you have this little podcast of yours. And I was wondering if you really had the connections that you say you do. I say, yeah, the connections, the people that I interview on my podcast are six and seven figure entrepreneurs. They're best-selling authors. They're working for themselves. They don't necessarily, I'm pretty sure most of them are not looking for a $50,000 job. And he was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll see you again if I come by your neighborhood. You know, I live in this part of town now. And he was just like, he was bragging. And then the more I realized that midway through that conversation, I was like, okay, this guy is calling me. I'm picking up this energy that he's calling me to brag about himself and try to one-up me. He sees that I'm happy and that I have a podcast and I'm really building something that I'm passionate about and that I no longer drink. I've become a more healthy version of myself, that's a threat to him. So he's calling me and he's coming back with the energy. And I said, look, man, I got to go. Please don't call me past nine o'clock ever again. Hung up and I deleted his number. Haven't heard from him since. Then I had another friend and this situation run me the wrong way, maybe more than it should have. I don't hear from her. She became friends with her main circle through me. She met a lot of her friends through me and then she started to treat me differently. And I feel like she kind of friend ghosted me. Well, out of nowhere... I get a text message from her, and she's like, hey, I need to know where this place is in Nashville. You know your way around Nashville. I need you to tell me where this is, and I need you to help me out. And it was just a very frantic energy. And I was like, yeah, it's right here. She's like, oh, anyways, hope you're doing well. I said, yeah, how are you doing? How is your little girl? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, yeah, she's good. And then she cut conversation with me immediately. And that rubbed me the wrong ways because I feel like, and I realized that was kind of a one-sided friendship. I had more invested in that friendship than she had invested into me. So what did I do? I blocked her number as well. No explanation and no hesitation. Sometimes in order to be, get beyond people that have hurt you and people that maybe troll you on social media or try to cut you down is do what Gabby Bernstein says, and that's forgive and delete. This just applies to any negative correspondence you get. Sometimes it's just like, you know what, just going to forgive them. Then I'm going to delete them because you really know that that presence is not serving you in any other way. In the past few years, I have been very fortunate to manifest friendships and where I do feel supported and cheered for and love. There are people that are listening to my podcast. There are people that are, you know, very interested in me and interested in what I have to say. And that's what I want to cultivate more of is just spending more time with community that supports me. And they're not going to judge me for my past. They're going to acknowledge how much I've grown. And I'll do the same for them. And as I 
continue to declutter bad habits and memories from my past, I can focus on these relationships that are growing me, that are giving me feedback, that are, you know, we're talking about investing, we're talking about what our next career move is, and we're just celebrating each other and cheering each other on and the milestones that we've created. Something else we hold on to with negative people, we have what we call energy vampires. And these people aren't necessarily malicious, but they still can influence the way that you are feeling. In the book Legendary that I'm listening to, Tommy Breedlove talks about how we're going to be a reflection of the people we spend the most time with. And it's imperative that our circle will be people with similar growth mindsets and also goals that we have. So maybe not even the same goals, but similar goals. And we talk about how we're navigating through life's challenges and getting to where we want to be. We're talking about how we want to level up in our career. So if you want to level up in your career, spend time with your friends who are doing what you want to do. Or if you're wanting to call in the one person to spend the rest of your life with, you may want to spend time with friends that are happily married. If you want to go on more adventures, talk to someone who travels a lot, find someone on your Facebook that's always going on the coolest trips or has been in places that you want to go and ask them about those places. Your friend group is what Tommy Breedlove was calling it in the book is your board of directors. They're going to run the basics operation of your personal business. So make sure you have friends that are going to give you the constructive feedback in an encouraging way instead of trying to quote-unquote fix you. There's something that really used to grind my gears more than anything. It's when I would go to somebody for guidance or go to somebody for support, and in return, they would give a comment trying to fix me or tell me what I'm doing wrong. And I see this a lot with women, just in personal relationships. And I know sometimes it does come from a place that means well, but when somebody's telling me how I should go about conducting myself in a situation, it doesn't come across as supportive. It comes across as they're trying to fix me. And there's a reason when you guys listen to my podcast, you know, I don't really talk a lot about my personal life. I'm very vague. And there's a reason for that. It's because I have often talked about it before and then people come back with what they think are solutions. And it's based on when people give you advice, they're actually talking to a version of themselves in the past. And they're really talking to themselves. They're really giving themselves. They're talking about, they're seeing their mistakes inside of you and giving you that feedback. And it's not always necessarily the feedback that you need. So the reason I don't always talk about the plans that I have or what I'm doing next, sometimes when I'm big, you know, and I told you before I got my, you know, bootcamp certification, I was just like, yeah, I've got some things up my sleeve. There's some things I'm working on. There's some things I'm doing. I didn't really tell people because I didn't want anybody trying to talk me out of it. I didn't want anybody getting on my case about it or trying to make me feel rushed or doing anything to take away from my pride or my just overall investment into my school and what I was doing. I wanted to, you know, just that to be my journey and something that I was proud of. And the same thing with, you know, personal relationships and what I want to do in the future. I don't really share that a lot with people. I didn't even tell anybody about this podcast until, you know, the first episode was published. It's just something you have to do. You have to protect the energy around your goals, but you also, it's super beneficial to find people that understand your goals and are going to give you constructive feedback and support with that. I actually made friends online who also have podcasts, who have some of the same passions that I do and some of the same struggles that I do that I talk to on a weekly basis to again, feel supported. And they've also helped me through this journey. I'm also a big fan of talking to my life coach. I've done 
traditional therapy in the past, and I've had some important lessons bought into light, but my life coach, she does a phenomenal job of helping me navigate my challenges, clear out some negative energy, and make space for what I want in life. She's a podcaster. She's got a very successful podcast. She actually has a couple of best-selling books, and she's in a place where I strive to be. You always hear the saying, don't take advice from anyone you wouldn't trade places with. Well, there's people that I want to be more like, and one of those is my life coach. And some of the people that I want to be more like that are in the place of the career that I'm in or that are doing the things I want to do, those are the people I kind of invest a lot of time in and ask more. And, you know, that can be very life-giving. So find people who are where you want to be and talk to them. Now, if you're going to therapy, I commend you for it, but make sure your therapist is somebody that is coming from a place of supporting you and not trying to fix you. They're not going to, unless you really need to, they're not going to write you a prescription unless it's something that you really want. They're really going to come up a place of understanding you instead of trying to judge you. So my ADHD, for example, I've had a lot of people say, oh, you know, you can just take Ritalin. You just get a, no, I don't want to get a prescription. I can manage my ADHD from eating less processed sugar, concentrating it. And I can also use my ADHD and channel it in a way. And I'm not saying everybody can do this, but I use it as a way of being able to multitask and be able to, to have different passions and say my ADHD, I find other ways to stay interested and stay engaged. I have a lot of hobbies. That's what helps me maintain that. And you know what? I, since I've been more mindful of my diet, meditating, and staying active, it's been a lot more manageable. I'm not saying that works for everybody, but that works for me. Now, going back to the inner circle, we talk about the energy vampires. There are different types of energy vampires that you can identify. So gossipy people, that can be an energy vampire because they're going to talk negatively about somebody else. The judgmental friends, people that are judging others. I know if somebody's coming in and talking about what the other person is wearing or just nitpicking at somebody else, that judgmental energy can weigh you down. The fixers, that was the first thing that I thought of. When people that don't really want to listen to me or emphasize with me, they just want to fix me and move on with the conversation. Um, the me monster, I love the term me monster. And the me monster is somebody that always makes the conversation about them or hangs out with you because it somehow benefits them and not so much you. Now, I think one of the reasons that the me monster was so triggering, because I know in the past, I've been that person. I've been that person that wanted to talk about myself, or I would relate to other people by talking about myself. I said, I thought, you know, I needed to relate to them to connect with them. And that's not always the case. Sometimes just being a listener and being there for them is how you relate to people. And all in all, when you identify somebody with these traits, the me monster, the gossip, the judgmental friend, the person that always has something going wrong in their life, the person that always bitches about being single, the person that always bitches about being broke, the person that's always, you know, the victim, has that victim mentality, identify them and you don't necessarily have to make a scene and cutting them off, but know that your time is very precious to you and you don't have to spend a whole lot of time with them. You have to be protective of your own energy. So when you get around people, just take note of how they make you feel. Do they drain your energy? Are they vampire? Or do they make you feel energized? Keep that in mind and spend your time accordingly. You have to protect your vibe when it comes to your tribe. It's not a complicated process. Just gauge how you feel after spending time with each person in your life. Promote, demote, and fire accordingly. 
As for being the friend you want to have, you should absolutely show up for your friends who deserve it. The people that are supporting you, the people that are reaching out to you saying, hey, I love your new Etsy business, or I love the outfit, or I love what you shared on Facebook, that article you shared. That was incredible. People that are really paying attention to you and finding traits that they admire about you. Those are the people that you need to be around and you need to be that kind of person in return. You need to be observant. The most interesting person in the room is the most interested person in the room. Be interested in other people. And I promise that's going to come back in a karmic form in return. You're going to have people that are going to invest in you and make sure you're investing into people that you know, deserve to be invested into. You just making sure they're not like the me monsters, or the judgmental people. Think, identify the people that are confident in themselves, that are secure with themselves. And then that's where you want to create that community. I talked on the show last week about how I felt a bit anxious when it came to the holidays and sad. And that is because, you know, as I talked earlier, some past hurts would sneak up. And when I know the most common celebrated reason for Christmas is actually centered around forgiveness and bringing light into the darkness. But there was so much pressure to be happy, I would find reasons not to be happy. And the main reason I was able to enjoy myself this year during the holidays, just have the best time, is because of the energy work that I've done in the past years. I also spend significantly less time than I used to on social media. In fact, 95% of what I post on Instagram ties in with this podcast or anything I post on social media, I feel like is something that's going to be serving other people, whether I'm posting recipes or advice or insights. I want to post things that are benefiting others. And when I do that, social media becomes beneficial. I'll also say I deactivate Facebook twice a year. I have to do an inventory of my mind space and most of my connections on social media are at most their acquaintances, but it is a great way to keep up with friends and family who live miles away. It's also a great way to keep up with events that are going on in your city. I know there are certain groups that I'm in that mainly cut communicate through Facebook. So that's super important. I'm vice president of finance and my sorority's alumni chapter. And most of our communication is through Facebook. And so it's, it's necessary that I have it, but I don't necessarily like Facebook. So I uninstall the app on my phone and then check it on my computer twice a day at the most. In fact, the day that I spend the most time on Facebook because I enjoy it is my birthday. And that's, you know, a few weeks away, but I actually like Facebook on my birthday. So that's the time I like Facebook the most is because I do hear from people I haven't heard from in a long time. But again, be mindful. Think about what Facebook is doing to your mentality. Most people, if they spend too much time scrolling, they get depressed. Other than that, I also feel like that the C in Facebook, in my personal opinion, should be replaced with a K because a lot of the stuff that you do see are not, it's almost like a mask. It's what people are showcasing in their life. It's not really what their real life is. So I also discovered that Facebook was kind of, I don't know if they were, if it's the algorithm or I noticed that a lot of people don't see my posts anymore because they know I'm trying to promote something. And with that, I know I said I don't get as much engagement on Facebook and I have let that get to my head at times, but I realize it's mostly the algorithm. And again, the C in Facebook should be replaced with a K. So along the side, alongside the lines of media, many psychologists recommend keeping your exposure to 
the mainstream news as well. And when I say limited, I would say less than 30 minutes of your time should be spent watching the news. For me, I spend less than 10 minutes because the bad news is what keeps people hooked. It's just like reality television. I used to tell people that I don't watch reality TV, I watch CNN. And reality TV, the way that it's produced, it is meant to put you in a judgmental state. It's meant to have you choose one contestant over the other. It's meant for you to favor some people over the other. And the mainstream media does the exact same thing. It makes it makes you want to have a certain opinion of a public figure that maybe they don't like. They are going to highlight when a public figure does something that goes against the grain and exposes people, they're going to make them the most you know, despicable criminal of all in their eyes are going to go out of their way. And all mainstream networks are promoting one side or another. They're not necessarily reporting the news. And I say that as somebody that has a mass communications degree, I know what journalism should look like and what is available on cable, through political podcasts, what is available through mass distributed media is it's not it. It's not true journalism. I, I can say that. And also look at the way when I say that bad news equals good news and good news equals no news. I also look at the 90s. I watched a documentary on Barney, the, the dinosaur, and people came out and lashed out and hated Barney. They just thought Barney was awful. And all Barney wanted to do was be kind to children and promote diversity. But so much hatred was spewed towards him. And what the conclusion was is that Barney came out in a society where it was cool to be angry. It was cool to be apathetic. It was also cool to dress sloppy and not care about your appearance and not care about how you present yourself. It's also cool to be lazy. And that's everything that I'm against. So when you look at the way people were treating Barney, it's like they didn't want to see something that was big and happy and nice to children. I also see the same way. And I know this is like kind of an outlandish comparison, but Tim Tebow, I feel like people just hate him. And I cannot tell you why. I volunteer for Tim Tebow's prom every year. And it's one of the most life-giving things that I do. It's called A Night to Shine. I've met some of my absolute best friends volunteering for A Night to Shine. And this guy just, he just exuberates pure love and kindness in I've seen people hate him. They get so worked up over him. If you talk about Tim Tebow, they just... They get ragingly mad. And it's like, why? Why do you hate him? And I just come to the theory that there's people in this world that don't want to see happiness and kindness because we do have an epidemic in our mainstream media that promotes, you know, anger, fear, and rage. And these news networks know if they can keep you upset and sad, that you're more likely to get in this downward spiral. We see this with social media as well. So when I tell you to limit yourself to the news, I'm not necessarily telling you to ignore what's going on in the world. You need to know the safe areas to travel to. You need to have a good idea of what you want to invest in, what policies are beneficial, what policies are full of pork. You need to know these things, but you don't have to let it consume you. You don't have to overconsume the media because when you overconsume the media, it's going to consume you and it's going to bring your energy down. I've seen it firsthand. You're just stewing yourselves in the negative energy that's around you. And as human beings, I strongly believe that we're just not engineered to carry the weight of the world on us. We're not meant to carry 
you know, sadness and anger over things that we cannot control. And we're not meant to get on social media and talk about what makes you mad and get in arguments with strangers. We're really meant to be connected and work alongside each other. And I do believe that entities like social media and mainstream media are there to divide you. That's just my personal opinion. And again, the book I'm reading is saying the same thing. Like Tommy Breedlove said that he doesn't watch any news. He just hears about it from his friends. And he realizes that, yeah, anything that needs to be heard about, anything that he needs to know will be talked about anyway. You don't have to just, and that was something else that, you know, my upper limit that I had is I would feel guilty about having fun because of all the sadness that's going on in the world. I would feel guilty about enjoying the holidays because of people that maybe didn't get such a great Christmas. I let the weight of the world weigh me down and I've had to make a conscious decision and still have to make a conscious decision every single day that I am going to be happy, that I'm going to embrace the positivity in my life. So that is what I'm saying to you by limiting your exposure to social media and mainstream media by decluttering it, so to say. When it comes to mass-produced podcasts, I love listening to Lewis Howes and Gabby Bernstein. They're both my role models, and they always just have a very positive effect on me and have really shaped who I am. And then I also make a conscious effort to support local creators. So I talked about it earlier on Instagram that I'm canceling Disney+, Plus, Netflix, Hulu. I'm canceling a lot of things that I've subscribed to, and I'm using that money to support my friends. I know most of us who create podcasts, we're not going to go on to become the next Joe Rogan, but we put a lot of time and money, and we deserve to be compensated for it in some way or another. So just consider that. Consider, I really appreciate you guys supporting my independent podcast. Consider supporting independent podcasts and putting some energy into that because these are people with pure souls who want to share their passion in the world with you. And, you know, they might be making, you know, 50 to $100 an episode, but they're spending so much time into it. So consider that. Consider supporting people that are giving you you know, good energy, giving the podcasts that are life-giving. The Gabby Bernstein's and Lewis House are life-giving to me. So are the Homespun Haints, the Castles and Cryptids, the Twisted and Uncork, my friends at High Vibing It, my friend um, Tommy Breedlove. He is a best-selling author, but he is just like a Georgia mountain boy. Read books that are written by people in your circle. You've probably met an author at some point in your life. Make an effort to buy their book. Listen to your friend's podcast. Even your friends that have a business. I have, I do have a lot of people in my circle that feel a certain way about network marketing and I've had different opinions about it myself and mixed mixed feelings about it, but I find things that I really like. I'm going to buy it. Support your friend's Etsy business. So support your friends that are creating and keep creating, keep putting your passion into the world because that is the positivity and the world needs your passion. So when you're spending less time consuming really any kind of media other than, you know, I know I listen to most of my podcasts on the drive home or I'll, you know, watch TV in the morning. But when you're spending less time consuming, you're giving yourself more time to create. You're also protecting yourself from external negativity that's going to affect your mindset. Now, if you're a negative person at all, you're most likely just not even listening to the show because my show has a niche. My show has a niche for millennials who are solution seekers, people that are not following the crowd. These are people that really want to go out and do and practice what they want to do and 
people that want to give positive back into the world or people that have stories. They have a story of where they have overcome some obstacles to really live the life that they've always wanted. Another common trend with my community, that's something that identifies that we're very much embracing our individuality. Now, there's a lot of things that we're going to be able to relate to people with, but I've learned, you know, my Enneagram, I'm a three with a wing of four. And fours is we love being different. We love to find ways that we distinguish ourselves from everyone else. We learn from those who are different than us. Some of my best friends have different religious practices than me. They have different political opinions. They've had chosen different career paths and just completely opposite lifestyles. But the one thing that we have in common is the respect we have for each other. So what I encourage you to do is find ways that you stand out, find your niche, find ways that maybe find a new hobby, find something that just makes you unique. I used to, I remember I started a job six years ago and I had to answer the question, what is it about yourself that makes you interesting? And I froze up. Like, do I really want to answer that? I'm like, I don't find myself interesting. Now I can, I can answer that. So I challenge you, find something that just brings you joy. Find a new hobby in the year 2023 that sparks you joy and that makes you interesting that you can share back into the world around you. I bring this up because we need to really ask ourselves on an individual level what makes us happy because what makes Ella happy is not going to be what makes you happy. I know I love to speak publicly. I have a passion for homing every domestic animal I see. I'm always trying to find ways to be in the sky and conquer my fear of heights. I love skydiving. I want to go hang gliding. I like skiing down tall mountains. I'm all about conquering those fears. And when you think about your career, are you doing what you're passionate about? I can actually say that I go to work Monday through Friday and I'm doing something that is really benefiting others and something that I'm super passionate about. My friends have seen a huge shift in me working for a corporation and shifting to nonprofit. They're like, man, you really like what you do now. They said that I light up when I talk about what it is that I do. So I challenge you to kind of find that into your life. Find something that just really lights you up. And also I heard this common saying, I wrote this down, is that life happens outside your comfort zone. And that is true for me. But what I've also learned is that's not true for everybody else. I have friends who are in these same jobs that they've had for 10 years. They work for the same companies. Their comfort zone, they've been married for 10 plus years, they live in a smaller town. They have found their comfort zone and they've stayed there. And you know what? There's something to be said because they know what makes them happy. So if you're like me, yeah, you're going to find life and fun outside your comfort zone. But if you find your comfort zone and that's what makes you happy, then do it makes you happy. My point in saying this is you don't have to compare yourself to others to find your way. So when you are really trying to find your way. I always call this shooting on yourself because people are going to tell you that you should be doing this or you should be thinking this way. You should be making this choice. You should be dating this person. You should, you should, you should. And the whole sh- people shooting on you and you shooting on yourself is just causing you regret that you may not need to have. So instead of shoulds, in life, I want you to reach for hope. What do you hope for in the year 2023? Or if you're listening to this later than it's been recorded, what do you hope for after you listen to this podcast? 
What are you getting rid of to make room for what you want? What do you need to declutter? You need to declutter the bad relationships. You need to declutter the grudges that you're holding, the illusion of perfectionism, the illusion of status. You need to declutter shitting on yourself and you need to make that energetic room to cultivate what you want to grow, what you want to pursue. And you really When I say cultivating what you want to grow, you've got to start with yourself. We're always growing. We're always learning. And that is really the whole purpose of this podcast. As always, guys, I really appreciate your listenership and look forward to talking to you again next week on the For Better Self and Net Worth podcast. I know that's a lot of information and I could probably go on and on all day about what I'm decluttering and what I'm putting into my life. Um you know what? More things may come up on other episodes down the line, but appreciate you guys for listening. And I would love to hear what you thought of this episode. And I also would love to hear what topics you want for me to cover. I do have a birthday coming up and the 100th episode is on its way. So I really want to make that episode really big and really meaningful. I haven't figured out what I want to do just yet, but we shall see. And around the 100th episode, that very likely could coincide with 10,000 listeners. That's at least a personal goal of mine anyways. But again, thanks for listening and feel free to share this podcast with anyone that you know, anyone in your circle. I would just always greatly appreciate it. And feel free to leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify. Thanks again. You're listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual, and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode.